Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. Happy summer. Welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong, and this is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all blessedly without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, we are very happy to have Alias Means. The element of quirkiness can be an important aspect of an artist's music and their personality. Some bands take it to the bank, think they might be giants or bare-naked ladies. Other bands add a bit of quirk to a very deft hand at songwriting and jumpstart their career from there. Todd Snyder's uber-clever beer run got him the attention, the laughs, and the accolades necessary to build a solid career, and he's still renowned for a clever, clever turn of phrase. But when you start off going for laughs, it can be hard to be taken seriously when it's time to tackle more serious subject matter and song. But for some artists, a crisp and Glover-like sense of quirk is simply their natural state of being, and that's just the unique territory of Los Angeles's alias means. Perhaps only an artist truly native to L.A.'s eclectic Silver Lake neighborhood could so readily manage means somewhat illogical balance between quirk and heart. And maybe this driven lack of self-consciousness is the result of his newfound perspective on mortality after recently surviving a near-fatal head injury. Although it may provide some motivation, bouncing back from a major trauma does not solve that age-old challenge of financing an independent record. For that, Means employed his own quirky solution and raised the money by gambling at casinos. The show must go on, so they say, and by any means necessary. His debut full-length, sin-financed record, Light Matter, will be released on August 27th. Welcome to Independence Day, alias Means. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Imagine after a big head injury, it's good to be anywhere. It is good to be anywhere. You know, I've, I've, I've met other people who've had, you know, major experiences like that in their life, and it really gives you a new perspective on absolutely everything. It makes some things, uh, there are some times when you wish you didn't make it through, but most of the time things are good. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, you, I mean, you look completely normal. Do I you really? Know? You didn't see me before the head injury, but... <laughs> I guess that's true, maybe. <laughs> I feel pretty normal. Yeah, and so, you know... How did how did that kind of thing affect your music? You know, were you playing a lot of music before that, and then it kind of changed, or how did that fit into your music? I was absolutely playing a lot of music before that, all the time. How it changed is, I guess it made me realize, you know, the cliche, life is short. Uh, it made me sort of get things together, record an album, build a website, do publicity. I always just enjoyed playing and entertaining, writing songs, learning songs. We'll sing for free. Yeah. Um, but now I got a little more serious about the business and <clears throat> the other not-so-fun aspects of it, but it's turning out to be fun. Yeah, you know, and it really seems it comes through on the record. Uh, I mean, because whether were any of the tracks in the record started before the injury, or is this everything that, that's on the record happened since the injury? In, no, some of, the them, injury. some of them had been started before. Okay. So and that's then there's a few directly about the injury, and some are the sort of new perspective I've gained afterwards. Yeah. And then in life in general, like, I mean, I guess it's all kind of tied together, right? Or is it, is it just kind of a newfound perspective? I've never had to explain it this way, but I think it is. I, sometimes you get away with things <laughs> that you ordinarily shouldn't because you say, well, I almost died. Life is short. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live now. Yeah, exactly. Carpe diem and all that. I can keep it uh, as an excuse in my pocket if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> you use that to pick up chicks, man. <laughs> it didn't work out so well, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was sort yeah, of scary right after the. Injury. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what's all. I don't know what's sexy about <laughs> about that. So, did it affect uh, your your playing 
in any way? Like, did you have to like have rehabilitation to to play guitar or to sing? Did you have to relearn to do anything? I sort of had to talk- relearn to live. Okay. Um, and think. I used my brain as much as I could. I played Scrabble and <clears throat> tried to count cards at blackjack. And <laughs> so, did it give you superpowers? I don't think it gave me superpowers. It might have given me. Some people said I came out with a new glow. Okay. Which. I don't know if that's giving me superpowers or not, but I'm, I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 so interesting to me because there are times, you know, when I'm going through really, really hard times, you never wish the stuff to actually happen. But I do long for the perspective shift you get when you go through a major trauma like that because you can't, you can kind of force it, but you can't fake that. You can't make that happen. Like unless you physically jump off a bridge or something and you survive, <laughs> you know, then you can make it happen. But then the risk is that you won't make it at all. Yes. There is um, that risk. You know, and I, again, I don't, I, I just feel like I have so much stuff in my apartment and I sometimes joke like, God, I wish this place would just burn down. And I really don't want my house to burn down because my dog's in there and all my stuff's in there. But, you know, that kind of shift is almost a blessing in a way. And it seems like you've really done that with this record. I, I don't feel like I had a choice. It could have been a big bummer, but I, I yeah. turned it into that. And I can't quite yet absolutely say i'm glad it happened but yeah i did the best with it and <laughs> yeah well you know, i have a record now there exactly <laughs> therein lies a, a lesson for life um you know but I, I i no way do i want to make this all about that but it's such an incredible story to come back from something like that and make such a great piece of art uh tell me you know aside from the head injury business which i'm glad is now behind you um this is your debut album and you know you're not a spring chicken why you know, you, you said you were playing music this whole way along. Like, why was it that you waited so long to make a record, like a full record? And did, and did you have other, like, unofficial releases before this? There were some recordings that were put together, 10, 11 tracks in, I guess it was in record form. It might have been an unofficial release. I, there are copies of it laying around, but it was never distributed. I felt like I was just capturing what I had done up to that point more than making something to push my career or, you know, test the limits of of what this could do for me. Um, I think the reason for that is I always just enjoyed playing out, entertaining. I never thought it was real necessary to make a website or uh, record an album, do the publicity. I never liked the business end of it. Yeah. So It's funny. Some people do. You know, I, I kind of view it as a, almost a necessary evil to an extent because without commerce, we have no art. Like right. we, we like to be very high-minded about it as artists. So we, I make art. I'm not concerned about the money. <laughs> but I learned something, man, over the past few years. I was never concerned about the money, so I never got any. You know, it's like I, I felt like I wish I would have been more concerned about the money because then maybe I'd have some or I should have gone into dentistry or something. That might have been the piece of my brain that they took out, the one that, <laughs> that blocked that yeah, so train now, of thought. Now you're a capitalist? Is that what you're <laughs> oh, yeah. <saying? laughs> let's, uh, let's listen to a little bit of this record. Uh, the record is called Light Matter. It comes out in August, August the 27th, if I'm correct? Yep. And you're doing a, a CD release party. Well, is it a CD? It's a CD, right? Yes. I, for the longest time, they were record release parties, and then for the past 20 years or so, they've been CD release parties. But now, I mean, they're just, I guess, release parties. You wouldn't have like an MP3 release party, would you? <laughs> you could, but it wouldn't be that much fun. It wouldn't be very romantic. You just 
I see you'd click enter and off it would go. Album release party. Album release party. It. Yeah, that's that's very uh, that's very diplomatic of you. So yeah, so <laughs> on August 31st, everybody can pick this up, and I'm assuming they'll be able to get it at the usual internet retail stores yep. and things like that, iTunes and Amazon CD Amazon, Baby, Amazon CD yep. Baby, all the usual stops for these kinds of things. So I've learned at this ripe old age. Exactly. <laughs> well, now that now that you're uh, now that your socialist part of your brain has been removed, <laughs> now you now you'll be a millionaire, and I can come live in your pool house. I can be your Cato Kalen. Uh, so, CD release party at Tex on Saturday, August the 31st, which is just a few short days after the record drops. And uh, so everybody go out and see him. You know who else is on the bill that night? Any other bands? Has that been planned out yet? It will be Michael and the Lonesome Playboys. Oh, He's a nice. good friend of mine, plays in the local Roots Americana scene. And elsewhere, uh, we've become good friends. Yeah. That's Similar cool. taste in music. And it's such and a, I say this, it's a funny, it's a funny little venue, but funny good. It's like funny, good, funny, bad. You know, it's so. I can. I've. I myself have played at text numerous times, and mm-hmm. it's. It's odd to go see a band there. It's odd to play there, but it's always nice in a in a way. It's chairs are comfortable. It's comfortable. We were thinking about planning a big one on a big stage with huge speakers and whatnot, but I felt like doing something a little closer to home, comfortable for the people to sit down, order some nice French food. No cover charge, by the way. Can I, I can plug oh, that, right. right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Of course. And that's that's the thing that's a really big thing here in L.A. I mean, there's a lot of free shows because there's so many musicians, it's hard to get people to come out as it is. So uh, go see Alias Means at Tex on August the 31st. But for now, this is the track Sleeves from his debut record, uh, which is called Light Matter here on Independence Day. Of all the foolish things I've done Losing you has been the worst I've been pressing my luck into the dirt I've been dressing every day in the same black shirt And I've been guessing what's been going through your head Do you think of me or do you think of something else instead? No matter where I ramble And no matter when I leave there always be a piece of me Hiding up your sleeve I've passed a hobo And I wished him a good day I've passed my neighbor And I turned the other way I've passed all my tests But I'll never pay my dues What any man would die for, I had to go and lose. I asked the engineer, won't you let a poor boy ride? He frowned and shook his head and mumbled something about his pride. The brakeman was in earshot, he's heard it all before. But if I wanted my own ride back, I'd start looking on the floor. No matter where I ramble, and no matter when I leave, there always be a piece of me hiding up your sleeve. I 
before the winter shows its face. Maybe then that last fair deal gone down will fall in place. But if you ever need me, you know where I will be. I guess stranger things have happened, but that's nothing new to me. And no matter where I ramble, and no matter when I leave, there always be a piece of me hiding up your sleeve. Yeah, there always be a piece of me hiding up your sleeve. So very, very happy to have Mr. Alias Means on Independence Day tonight. Please drop by our website, indepthday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y-D-A-Y.com. See all the great artists, hear all the great artists we've had on the show. So very proud to have each and every one of them. Glad, Alias, to add you to the list of these people. Also follow us on the Twitter at Day, and you can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Day. We are fully web-enabled. I don't have an Instagram account, I guess, maybe or at least for the show, maybe someday. Uh, and you can also learn about Alias Means at uh, this. I love, I love how your website makes a sentence, Alias Means Music. That's the .com, of course. That's There's your a story behind that, too. Yeah? Tell it. Yeah. Um, I had aliasmeans.com booked, and I sort of let it lapse when things got tough. A Japanese vitamin company bought it. So if you want some <laughs> Japanese vitamins, you can <laughs> There's find a it on aliasmeans.com. Japanese vitamins that has your name? Yeah, I did a Google Translate. That's peculiar. It's very peculiar. Those Japanese, man. At least it's not the Chinese. Anyway, <laughs> the Chinese. Well, once upon a time, it's like it's like a guitar thing. Once upon a time, like when we were growing up, like Japanese guitars were considered not very good. Right. And now they make actually very good guitars. And now it's like the Chinese and the Koreans and the Mexicans who are making the, the crappy guitars. I'm sure they're capable of making great guitars, but at least that was what it was in my hometown. But uh, also, facebook.com slash alias.means is your... Uh, is your Facebook page as well, mm-hmm. so you can follow him and like him and all those kinds of things. Uh, this record sounds so uh, f- kind of fresh in a way. You know, a lot of artists kind of look forward and look back, but the way that you produce this record sounds kind of open, like the vocals aren't very affected, and I mean that with an A and with an E. You know, there's not a ton of reverb. Um, the vocals are just kind of easy sing- singing vocals, which I, I like. Is there is like your singing style, is that something that just you kind of cultivate or is it just happens? I think I just, I did it long enough. And when, when I produced the record, I tried to keep everything as simple and natural as possible. I realized that a lot of producers will use the effects and whatnot to make things blend together. So it was, it was tough to keep things as raw as possible, but make them blend well. And I sort of did it by trial and error. Mm -hmm. I don't like hearing the sort of residual effects of, on your voice, on my voice. So. Uh-huh. Uh, it was trial and error, but I tried to keep it raw, and then comparing it to other records, I was like, wow, this is kind of aggressive, Yeah, <laughs> but I like it. So what, I mean, was, were there records, I mean, sometimes when you go into the studio to make a record, you take like a handful of records in, and you go, you know, it's not so much that you want it to sound like this, or maybe you do, you know, this is the feel I'm going for, this is the acoustic vibe I'm going for, this is the instrumentation I'm going for, like, who are the, who are the bands that are artists that inspired you to make the record that you were thinking about when you made this record? Oh, that's, uh, that would be a combination of, I like the groove of the Rolling Stones, I liked sort of the prominence of Dylan's vocals. It's tough to get those to go together because I like yeah. uh, Dylan had a great band behind him, but his vocals were way out front. I assembled some 
really great musicians that that put down good music, and I didn't want to leave that too far in the background. Yeah. But I didn't want the lyrics to get sort of muddled in there. Anyway, um, I guess, I don't know, I just lived in a little bubble and <laughs> tried things. I want to make sure you could understand all the lyrics, and I think I got yeah. 95% of them. Yeah, well, for some people that becomes a thing, like not understanding the lyrics is kind of their shtick. You know, but for some people, uh, you know, like I have a friend who's a folk artist, and every time I send him my records, he's like, oh, the vocals aren't loud enough. You know, but in, in the style that I do, you know, they, they kind of have to blend in with everything else. You know, but in folk music, I mean, the vocals are like five times louder yep. than everything else because that's what the people are going to sing along to. Uh, but you've done a, you've done a, a great record, man. It's 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 really it's it's cool. Well, thank um, you. And tell me about you know you <laughs> you financed this record in probably the most interesting way. But you're not the first person I've met who's done this. You financed <laughs> the record by gambling at casinos. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Is, is your mom proud of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, when I have to borrow money, I, I borrow it from mom. Yeah. No. Uh, or is she or is she happy because then you're not borrowing money from her? That's actually. You, that's actually more like it. Yeah, and what, <laughs> I think and, she's happy that I don't have to borrow money yeah, from and her. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, what's your game? I play blackjack. Blackjack. So you got to give me more details on this. This is such a fascinating way to, to finance a record. Like instead of doing a Kickstarter, instead of using a credit card, the Kevin Smith's the Kevin Smith way. Like he pioneered that with Clerks. I think he ran up like six credit cards to make Clerks back in the day. Okay. Or instead of, uh, you know, like I said, Kickstarter or robbing banks or whatever you're going to do, pooling the band's money, you know, borrowing it from relatives and friends. Like, this is very, it's that capitalist thing we were talking about before. Like, you went out and earned the money in a, in a roundabout way. It's your skill. <laughs> There's some skill. There was a sensing of patterns and whatnot. Growing up in Southern California, you'd wind up in Vegas a bunch of times uh, as a 21-year-old, hopefully. You always go, you win a little bit, you're drinking, and then you end up losing that. So I figured if I could <laughs> keep the first part of that intact <laughs> and eliminate the losing of the money when you're drunk, um, I could maybe give this a go. And it worked a few times with $100 here, a couple hundred dollars there. Yeah, I went in the daytime sober, mm -hmm. not drinking, just play for a few hours, win a couple hundred and get out. And then you sort of start to treat the chips as units, uh -huh. and you can go from... Twenty-five, two hundred dollar chips yeah. and whatnot, and people think I'm crazy for sometimes the big bets I will make. But you're in that moment and you don't see it as a big bet; you see it as a piece of plastic. So you turn that against the casino when things are going well. Interesting. And do you? I'm, I'm <laughs> wondering, like, are you thinking a direct parallel connection to your music, like when you're at the table and you've you've split your hand, you split your tens or whatever you're going to do. And are you thinking Don't like, split your tans. Like, well, whatever. I'm not a blackjack. I, I, first of all, let me just say, I have no ethical consideration with gambling one way or the other, but I don't have the constitution for it. All I can think about is my money going away. You know, my father can sit, he's not a, really a gambler, but I've, I've watched him play blackjack and he can keep his cool. Like he can sit there and like, he knows all the things to do and like, he wins a lot, you know, when we're playing, he's just farting around at home. But I don't, all I can see is my money going away. Like I'd rather just have the money. And I don't get a thrill from it. Like some people get a big thrill from from gambling. Do you get a thrill from gambling too? I enjoy it when I don't gamble for a while. It it doesn't bother me. I don't okay. miss it too much. It I usually go and try to make a little bit of money. So now this is what I was getting at before before I got <laughs> sidetracked. But are do you you're sitting there and you're so okay, what would you split? 
then? If you're not going to split your tens, what would you split? What is the dealer showing? <laughs> you tell me, man. I don't know. You're the gambler in the room. You're, you're, you're representing the entire gambling world here. I know, pretend I know nothing. What would you split? Aces and eights, always. Okay, so you split your eight. You know, I mean, Towns, Towns the, he was a gambler. He would know. Towns Van Zandt. He was. Uh, so right. uh, he was a dice guy, though, I think. In any case, so you're splitting your aces and your eights, right? And then are you thinking, like, if I, if I score on both of these, that's a mastering session? Like, are you thinking that while you're playing? Is that motivation, like, directly while you're playing? Or are you just thinking Ooh, about sometimes. the cash? Yeah? It gets tougher to think about if you lose both of those. Yeah. So, and then, let me ask you this, then. Like, do you... So, you know, the record's done. You know, you've mixed, mastered, recorded the whole record, paid your players, whatever you're going to do. Now, I mean, is it... How far does it go with this gambling thing? Like, when you have rehearsals, you're like, oh, I got to drive down to Pachanga and, like, get some money to do rehearsals. Or... You know, do you do you is this an ongoing thing that you're still financing the band with, like subsidizing the band? I haven't been for a while. What's a so. while? <laughs> like Tuesday? Come on, man. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. Okay, a few weeks. Yeah, because a while a while can be very different things to very different people. This is true. I was going once or twice a week to the local casinos. Yeah, I actually I upped it a step to Vegas. Okay. Uh, part of my I'm not going to say it's a system. It's a method that. Having more choices of tables. If there's a bad table, you leave. Interesting. Bad table, leave, leave. The the dealers and pit bosses will actually comment on <laughs> how yeah. much I move around. Are you uh, are you the guy? Like, do they give you hotel rooms when you show up in Vegas? Or, like, you that guy? That's recently happened. Has it yes. happened? You've crossed over, man. I went to see the Stones in uh-huh. Vegas. I had the cheap seats, but I felt like I needed to go see the Stones. I won a pretty substantial amount of money <clears throat> and proceeded to. I wasn't prepared to hang on to that much money. <laughs> okay. And I proceeded to gamble most of that away. But I got great seats. I upgraded to see the Stones. And since then, I guess that makes the gambling trips less frequent, but uh, higher stakes each time. Yeah. I knew one other guy uh, in, in Nashville, a guy I knew from my parents' hometown. I was hanging out in Nashville once, and I, he invited me to go to a recording session. They were doing some mixing of vocals. And he had just come back. Uh, Tunica is the closest gambling to where that was at the time, at least. That was in Mississippi. And he had won fifteen grand or twenty-five grand or some big take in like one night and bought a truck. Because you know, back then you could buy a truck and then still have a pile of money left over, but he, he was flush, you know, he can't come back to Nashville with a giant pile of cash in a truck. It's, it's just unbelievable to me. Like, do you think, do you, do you, could you keep your cool enough to make, run up your hand to the extent that you could buy a car? <clears throat> I did, but I didn't keep my cool <laughs> enough to hang on to that much money. <laughs> you did. I don't like the past tense sound of that, man. But anyway, all right. So I, we, I don't want to talk about gambling all night. It's just so fast. It, it kills me that that's how you finance this record. That's, that's so inventive. You meet interesting people. and I'm sure you do. There are free shuttles from a donut shop in Eagle Rock to the closest uh, Indian a casinos. Donut shop in Eagle Rock? Yes. King's so you, Donuts in Eagle Rock if you're looking for... So you're telling me I could walk from my apartment... And then they would drive me to a, a casino. They'll to drive take, you to, to a casino for free, but they'll leave you there for five hours, which okay. I find is too long to stay there. Do you think that people just like which? Will they? Are you willing to say which casino it is? Pechanga. Oh, it is Pechanga. Is one of them I go okay, to. Okay, so I could get a ride most of the way to San Diego on that thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Next time I want to go down to the Stone Brewing Organization down in Escondido, <laughs> I will hop on the Pechanga Pechanga bus. But in the middle of the day, it's me and a bunch of old Asian people. 
It's all right. I'm not. I'm not going there to. Like I said, I get freaked out, man. I can't do the gambling thing. I get. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't have the constitution for it. It's still a work in progress for me. So yeah. Well, I'm, it's. But it, it's it, working out. Hey, man. If it works for you, I mean, it's. I, it's a lot easier than you know. It's a lot easier than hassling people with a Kickstarter, uh, you know, campaign. So how about uh, you've got your guitar here? You've got a Martin. You've got some. Uh, you've got a whole stack of harmonicas here. I love harmonicas. So what's? Uh, why don't you play a tune for us from this? It's going to be from the record, I guess. Um, do you want me to play a tune from the record? Or? I want you to play whatever whatever moves you, whatever uh, whatever your heart desires. Let's start out with something something moving that's not on the record, and then okay. we'll go to tunes on the record. Is this newer or older than the record? This is a little older than the record. Okay, so. it's called Anywhere, sort of a rambling tune. So Anywhere, just to of. get loosened up. Oh, very nice. I'm looking forward to it. So this is Alias Means on Independence Day with a tune that precedes his most recent and debut record, which is coming out very very soon. And uh, we're happy to hear this on Independence Day. Despair, my desperation moan Blowing through where I've been and where I'm going And that empty bleeding call You got no reply at all I've been anywhere and everywhere but home Well I've lived inside a house And in the country cottage too I'm staying out of those jail walls of stone But none of them was home Because none of them had you I've been anywhere and everywhere but home I've been burned up in the desert, on the oceans I got lost Tossed up on the sand all drenched in foam I've been tracked in the woods, and hunted in the canyon I've been anywhere and everywhere but home cheeks was glowing red and I smiled but you turned your head when I offered you a kiss hello well now when I saw your face I thought this would be the place but I'm still anywhere and everywhere but home this good fortune I've acquired leaves a lot to be desired I understand that your life's your own but I ain't asking much from you just to hold me like you used to or I'll be anywhere and everywhere but home Goodbyes, but there's no one around you here. It's not the first time I've been alone. Hold on and judging by the past, it will not be my last. I'll still be anywhere and everywhere but home. Very, very nice. Alias Means with a live track here on Independence Day, a track that precedes the record, but the record drops just a little later this summer. We're looking forward to that. I hope everybody goes out and picks up a copy so we can keep this guy out of those dens of inequity that are the casinos. Are you getting free food there, too? I keep coming back to this casino. Do they feed you? 
I have been lately, yes. Yeah, so you get rooms and food. Yes. How long before they bring you chicks? Like, how much money do you have to spend in a casino <laughs> before they start showing up with chicks? I've been dropping hints, but nothing's been happening. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that, man. Or maybe I don't. I don't know. Uh, so tell me tell me this. You grew up here in Silver Lake, uh, area, area of Los Angeles, kind of back before it was Hipsterville. Like, how you've watched it change quite a bit. Yes. Uh, and you, you still live in the area? I do. I moved back to the area. And so how, how have you watched it change for the better or for the worse? For the better, let's start with the better. More bars, clubs, restaurants, things to do. Um, the art scene has sort of grown. I guess the downside that comes with all that is everybody flocks to it to experience these things. So parking sucks, Yeah, what you're trying to say. <laughs> okay. Parking sucks. It's, it's discouraging when you go to one of your old hangouts and there's a line halfway yeah. down the street. But... Uh, there's always a place without a line. Yeah. So, and that's yeah, usually you, the better one to go to. If you know an area, it's it's you know you know we know that the parking secret spots and things like you that do ways to get around. Uh, you know, and did you growing up in that area, uh, your family obviously living in that area too. Was your family supportive of your music growing up? Was it, or what was music like in your household? Did your parents play music? Did what did they play on their record players? They gave me piano lessons as a child. Um, I think it was supposed to be an extracurricular activity. My dad was old world, European, wanted me to be a doctor, engineer, lawyer. Uh, the music was fine as long as I was going to college or getting good grades. Or, um, And then when I got old enough to do my own thing, I pretty much said, this is what I want to do once I was out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> so they were kind of semi-supportive. I mean, they they didn't necessarily want it to be a career choice that they supported pursuing that's a good way to put it okay they did they came out to see me a couple times they appreciated that people were paying attention it was nice yeah i mean because that can make a that really has a big effect on musicians one way or the other like you see a lot of musicians like don't have a father figure you know so they're longing or or a mother figure for when like john lennon with his mother issues like they're they're really longing for that approval from somewhere that they didn't get at home you know, but to come from such a fertile scene in Silver Lake, even if your family wasn't supportive, I mean, there was always music in that area, wasn't there? There always was. There was music, art. It was It was sort of a, let's see, I think in the, in the 50s during the blacklisting and, you know, McCarthy era when a lot of producers, actors would get on the list as communists, they'd move out of Hollywood into Silver Lake and Echo okay. Park. So growing up was really interesting. You'd end up at a lot of interesting house parties. There was always some sort of art, music going on. It was a little bit dangerous. I think more dangerous than it is now. I uh, learned about race relations <laughs> pretty early, but I took it for granted when I went when I left to go to college and met friends that grew up in Irvine or other places. I realized how sort of special it was and how lucky I was to. Where'd you go to school? Uh, up in the Bay Area. And what'd you study? I studied history. Interesting. Because I wanted to be a musician. Yeah, of course. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's a good thing to know. I mean, uh, history was such... It, a lot of people teach history very poorly. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. As if it's, it wasn't a living, breathing thing. I mean, the, people felt the exact same things they do now, then, with mm-hmm. c- c- you know culture clashes and race relations and financial issues. And it's, these are the same... These are human truisms. You know, and I think it's such a vibrant thing to get into history. And the History Channel has given us very poor 
<laughs> recreations, probably done recreations of a lot of <laughs> historical events. Uh, how about some more music? Okay. Uh, you want to move up to the record stuff now? What yeah. What's this going to be? Let's play, uh, this is a song called Things I Can't Explain. <clears throat> okay, so tell me just a little bit about this before we start. This is the first song I wrote after the, um, after I was well enough to write songs again after the head injury, so... Oh, you don't want to start talking about a brain tumor or operations in a song, so I tried to sort of romanticize it a little bit. Okay, you were you romanticized a traumatic head injury. Yes, is what you're telling me by setting it in the old west. Oh, very nice. All right, <laughs> people had traumatic head injuries at all points in history. I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. So this is Alias Means with a track from his brand new record here on Independence Day. So happy to have this. In a lonesome town, I hit the ground The shots rang out in the square And all I found when I looked around Was a funny feeling in the air And I couldn't see if they were meant for me The bullets that came whizzing by my head How could it be with no enemy? That someone would want me dead Now I believe again In things I can't explain And I can't hear the choir singing anymore And the angels are beating down my door so in a second flat, I grabbed my hat and ducked inside the saloon Where the aristocrat at the table sat and sipped his cup of gloom And he looked up from that very cup and seemed to recognize my face and then he said, as he bowed his head, You're in the right time, but the wrong place. So I believe again in things I can't explain. The sky is turning colors different than before. And the angels are beating down my door. Learned, a trail I burned to where the hounds won't be following me I'd just been spurned, so how I yearn For a place where they leave me be I ain't found it yet, but you can bet Where I'm well 
welcome is where I will go At the end of the day I learned the hard way But now at least I know So I believe again In things I can't explain And I still hear the footsteps Creaking on the floor And the angels are beating down my door The angels are beating down my door The angels are beating down my door Once again, Alias Means here on Independence Day. You can visit him, not actually literally visit him, but you can visit him on the interwebs at www.aliasmeansmusic.com or facebook.com slash alias.means. And you can learn everything about us, as always, at In-Depth Day. Follow us on Twitter, also at In-Depth Day. We'd love it if you saw us on the Internet. Stop by and see us. It's better that way because I don't have to serve you drinks or food or anything. But actually, that's not true. I love I love it when people come by. You should come by. Alias, we'll play songs. You know, someday I will. I would really dig that. One thing I've been thinking about doing here in Los Angeles is something in Nashville. People get together and play music together, like for real, in living rooms. Like that whole Heartworn Highways, you know, documentary kind of thing. And I don't, I haven't found that scene here, so I think I need to start one. There are some pockets. There are a few people that like to do that, which I've I've been happy to meet them and play with them. But uh, I lived in Austin for a little bit, and that Mm. was... Yeah. Alias, go get your guitar. We're cooking up. No, they and people just want to hear music. That's something that's so nice about, you know, I, I dare say country music or country-style music, folky country music. I mean, I grew up, uh, the Armstrong family reunion was just this last Sunday in the rural Alabama, in nice. the hills, in the red dirt, on uh, the pine trees, in the heat, and the humidity. And I, I'm sad to miss it, but I remember going when I was a kid, and music was just part of, like, the, the life and the conversation. Like, somebody would just show up with a fiddle or show up with a guitar. And it seems like, you know, it's just my idyllic childhood, but they would just count off and they'd play a tune. And they weren't bashful about it and they weren't trying to be uh, demure about it or, or, you know, hesitant about playing. They just did it. It was part of what they did. And I, I, I miss that in our modern society. It's one thing I really like about the rural, the rural South. And I, I need more of that here. So everybody come to my house. Give me a call. We'll play some tunes, man. <coughs> we'll Anytime. make it the rural South. Indeed. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I have some moonshine. <laughs> Actually, from Alabama, no less. Do you have any right now? Uh, on me? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I do not. No, I, <clears throat> I can't I do, do that do on have, the air, right? I have uh, Sierra Nevada water in my water thing here. I just got back from uh, the Lone Pine area. There's a Western store up there. I almost bought a cowboy hat. A great cowboy. even fit. Do you have a cowboy hat? I do have a cowboy hat. Yeah, what color? Black or brown? Or it's, white? Uh, sort of gray. Gray. Taupe. Taupe, okay. <laughs> taupe, taupe is good. Uh, I learned a new word today. And with all these visuals, I want to talk about, I like Taupe. Uh, <laughs> the, the cover photo on this record, I yes. mean, it's something that we, it's hard to see on the radio, obviously, but it's a very unique type of photography. And I hope I don't screw this up, but it's collodion wet plate process. Is I believe that's use? what the photographer told me it was, yes. So, okay. So you're, 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 you're taking that under advisement as well, or as, as he says it is. So why, why go with that? It's such a unique look for this. It's a new app for the iPhone. No, it's, um, it's the process they use, I believe. I'm, I'm just <clears throat> sort of regurgitating what I was told, but it's the process they used in the Civil War 
piece of glass coated with some kind of chemicals, dipped in other chemicals, put in a box, slid into a big... The uh, Around the edges, it's sort uh-huh. of uh, wrinkled. There's... Uh-huh. It's hard to describe, but it's that's not an effect. It's uh, yeah. it's the process they used, and you have to hold still for twenty seconds, fifteen seconds. So, yeah, um, it's 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 state of the art technology, circa eighteen sixty five. Yep, yeah. and we didn't. It's not the photo I chose first for the for the cover, but when I saw it, I was like, that would be very interesting. There's a lot going on in the picture, yeah, and. Uh, I liked it, and we used it, and people seemed to dig it. So Cover photos are, are very important, I think. I mean, there's all these rules that go into which is, you know, what you're supposed to have you as an artist, especially if you're an artist, you're supposed to have you on the cover. You know, but it's, you know, how many billions of records have been made? It's hard to find uh, a new way to do that, you know, right. and, and be creative and interesting and not cliche. Like, God help us if we see any more train photos, like any musicians walking <laughs> down the train tracks. It's just... It, it drives me crazy. What know? if you have your guitar slung over your yeah, shoulder? Yeah, you can do that too. That might change it. You up. know who could get away with that though? Was it uh, John Prine did that? You know, a few years ago. But John Prine can do whatever he wants, he as can, far as yeah. I'm concerned. He's he's got the cred. He can do anything. He could even he can even have his band photographed against a brick wall, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he gets a pass. Uh, how about some more music? Sure. Another tune. Is this going to be also something from the record? This is something from the record. <laughs> this That's is not the title um, of the song, though. This is a song. It's a love song called Winter Blind. Uh, but growing up in Silver Lake, what does that mean to you? What does what mean to me? That? Winter Blind. You read about things and then you <laughs> wish you Artist- could go there. Artistic license. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, well, I mean, you didn't I mean, I guess winter in the Bay Area is not pretty exactly, but it's certainly not Iowa or Minnesota. I had seen snow by this point. Okay, so you know what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> Roll with this on Independence Day. The sun it shone, but I was blind. The rivers froze in the winter time. The glare from the ice didn't help me find. The girl that I love, she used to be mine And any one blizzard could blacken the air up above And keep me from the one that I love When I first met her, my clothes, they were torn But the sun in her hand, I had to keep warm And that warmth I was lying when she'd gone away In this cold I'm still crying each new winter's day And my fingers all frozen from the holes that I've worn in my gloves Trying to find the one that I love Well, the wind, it froze the hat she wore And the highway we traveled many times before And the water on which her boat used 
sail And that same wind nearly froze me as well And any one ocean unfrozen I believe is enough To sail me to the one that I love Some time the seasons roll on, but they're leaving me blind. I'm trying to get there where I may never be. I pray that she still has some memory of me. If she's thinking of me, I'd give anything in this world. I know that I still love that girl Alias means, oh, how I love a song in three-quarter time, man. Triple meter is one of my favorite things. I've got a rule. Every record I ever make has to have a song, at least one song and three on it. Is that what I did? That's what you did. <laughs> Triple meter, man. To waltz. You know a waltz, right? I do. Do you like dancing? I can dance. <laughs> You've been known to shake a leg. <laughs> very, very nice. Uh, so coming up, you talked before about playing a lot of live shows before you did the record. You know, you really like performing and writing and those kinds of things. Um, coming up, you know, I'm assuming you came up kind of playing through bars, right? Those types of performance venues. Say again, I'm sorry. Bars. You yes. came up playing yes, a, lot, a lot of bars. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's, you know, endemic to bars is kind of indifferent audiences. You know, what do you, every artist's got a different way to go about this. Like, what do you do when everyone's out there squawking? You know, cowboy junkies always call them crows. The crows are crowing tonight. They're not listening. So what do you, what do you do? Turn up the amps. Yeah? Yeah. Don't give them a choice. Okay. (laughs) Beat them into submission. (laughs) Um, I guess try to mix up the set. Sometimes you just sort of deal with it and uh, zone out into your own world where you think about the fact that you're doing what you want to do and yeah. who cares what they think. But if you mix up the set and go from songs, different tempos to ballads to rockers, people seem to pay attention more. Do you have, like, do you tend to go into a, a gig with a set list? Do you, like, write up a set list and kind of plan it out? Because everybody's kind of, some people are very cerebral about it. Like, they give a lot of thought beforehand and and they, they write a list. And like, okay, this song we're opening, so we want to start off with a, a fast song, or we want to start off with a slow song and then build it. You know what I mean? With the full band, we'll usually have a set list and maybe make a change or two as we go. Uh, if I play solo acoustic, 
I'll write down a bunch of songs I want to play, usually twice as many as I'm, I'll have time for, and then pick and choose what yeah. is sort of appropriate. Do you, I always run into this, man, especially like when I'm playing around a campfire. You know, I know a thousand songs, but then as soon as you get in front of like a casual situation like that, I can never, that's why half the reason I make a set list is so that I know which songs I'm going to play and not forget to play more, moreover. Yes. Because uh, that's a big factor for me. That is a big factor, remembering which songs you know how to play. <laughs> or just, yeah, I mean, even, even your own songs. You know, I mean, sometimes I'd, I'd, go, I'd go on stage, and instead of a, a set list, you know, an ordered set list, I would just have a list of my songs, because that's even more yep. helpful for me, it's just to have that list. And then I can go, oh, yeah, okay. And then I can kind of craft it as you go. It's kind of like surfing, you know? Yep. Do you like to surf? I have not tried. Actually, I tried it once. Um, the ocean and I don't really get along, so. Interesting. You know, a lot of people who live by the ocean say the ocean is not for swimming and it's for looking at. Uh, so, okay, so... So you turn up the amps. That's how you. That's how you win an audience over. We've, we've <laughs> oh est- yeah, we've that'll est- do it every time. We've established that, you know, um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of apathy. I think, especially in a town like Los Angeles, where there's so many performers. Uh, but that's also, you know, when you go to make a record, you've got you've got access to all these performers. Like, what made you decide to go with the players you did for this record? Some of them are friends. Some of them. Um I heard play, and they're <laughs> very, very talented, really good at what they do. And I sort of went in with uh, just a tune, acoustic guitar, vocal, you know, melody, the basics, and I let people, for the most part, do what they wanted to. So they okay. sort of shape how the songs turned out. If I worked with a different group of musicians, I can guarantee you these would have sounded Okay. Much different. So you, you let the songs be what they are. You chose the musicians because they would... Let me, let me rephrase that. You chose the musicians and let them kind of shape what the songs were going to be rather than picking the musicians because you, you knew they would sound a certain way? Or yes. was it kind of a little of both? I had certain visions for the way certain parts should go. And, um, oh, Paul Marshall, the bass player, would humor me and play what I wanted, do another take uh, the way he wanted to do it, and... <clears throat> I would always end up picking the way he wanted to do it. Okay. <laughs> that's why you hire pros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get great musicians. And that's something I think it's hard for people, you know, myself included, to let go of is that you you get those good people because you want their input and not just because they're great players. And you yep. really want to know what they're going to bring to your project. Um, you know, and producing is the same way. I mean, did you you produce this record yourself? I did. And what what does that mean to you when you say that you produced the record yourself? Like what, you know, if you had to write out your job description for this record, what would you say that it was or is? Um, first it was a big I would say it was a big pain, but <laughs> <laughs> sleepless nights. I wrote everything, I hired the musicians, I sort of gave a guideline i had some help with learning where to place mics and whatnot but i did all the mixing i picked the takes um did you and then what did you record it on to i have a home studio pro tools pro tools at home yeah okay just le or did you spring for the big uh i didn't spring i nope wasn't making big money back you can do an awful lot with le you can do a lot of tracks and a lot of a lot of stuff i mean would you if you had the opportunity would you go back to analog tape I suppose I would. Yeah. If I had the money and the opportunity. And we tried to do as much of this live as we could, but it was tough to get all the musicians all together at the same time. So some of it was overdubbed. And I guess if we did it live, I'd like it to all go right to tape 
Yeah, but that's hard. That's very hard to do. There are there are very very few fully live albums yep. out there in the world. I mean, I remember the, the the case of Eagles Live, which came out in like 1980, early 80s or so, kind of as they were wrapping up their career. I remember reading that that was the like the most overdubbed live album in history. Like, there's, I guess there's barely there's very little that's really live on that record. But then you've got on the other hand, you've got like Cowboy Junkies, Trinity Sessions which, as I understand, was recorded completely live to one stereo microphone in a church. And that's tough. That is tough. That's really tough. Wow. Now, they were, at that point, I think they were a four-piece band, so they didn't, okay. you know, they didn't, maybe one auxiliary player, they didn't have a big band, you know. So if you, the bigger the band, the more, you know, more flubs, there's a chance that someone's going right. to, you know, throw a, cl- a clam out there. Um, but, you, you know, but then again, you get these good musicians you want to trust in them. Would you ever consider doing something like that? I mean, if you could pull it off? If I could pull it off, yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Tell me just a little bit about, we've got about enough time for like one more tune, but before we, before we do that, tell me just a little bit about your, your writing style. Like, are you, are you disciplined about it? Like, do you sit and write regularly? Does it, is it kind of haphazard? Because I've been going back and forth about the best way to go about this. Uh, the new Jason Isbell record just dropped last month. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal record. And he, he and his wife, Amanda Shires, his brand, his new bride, they live, of course, in the same house in Nashville. And they would do this thing, like an exercise, where they would split up and they'd each go to a separate room in the house and they'd have an hour to write a song. And they'd come back and they'd each play Ooh. each other the song that they wrote in that hour or two hours or whatever they'd allocated for that, um, which is a lot of pressure. And I think sometimes you have to force yourself to, to be creative like that. I don't have anybody to compete with like that. So <laughs> I'd say it's pretty haphazard. Yeah. Sometimes I'll crank out a few if there's an event that oh, might make me feel a certain way. Are you? Uh, there's a lot of love songs on this record, so okay. you know, a uh, broken heart or something will inspire you to write. Of course, yeah, the tried and true stuff, girls yeah. and girls and cars. Do you uh, do you tend to gravitate towards the same subject matter? You know, because this is just kind of the first album. You know, so you've got you know, how many songs on here? You've got uh, ten songs. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do they? Is there a theme? you know, that kind of re- revealed itself to you for the record? I mean, it's no. not like an art rock project or anything, but... No, it's it's not a rock opera. Um, love, uh, life, you know, life and death, actually, with what I went through. Um, just trying to... When I write a love song, I try to get a little more specific than, you know, whatever, things didn't work out, or uh, try to give details, without, metaphorical details, without giving too many details or... <clears throat> letting that person know who that they were the one I wrote the song Change about the names but. to protect the innocent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's always interesting. You know, you, you play the show and every now and again, like the ex-girlfriend shows up at the show or she just happens to be there for whatever reason. It's always a little, always a little interesting, you know, <laughs> but I found, I mean, it really helps me work through those sorts of things. And it's almost a form of therapy. You know, it's a way for me to, to let go in a way. That's what, when I started writing songs, I'm like, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of people watching me, listening to me vent on stage about something that was painful this yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to get through it and it's not and it's not even so much like uh, from my perspective I'm I'm blaming them necessarily I mean no. sometimes it's me revealing my own uh faults and insecurities and like sure. you know my, my, it's my fault it could very well just, just as likely have been my fault that the the thing fell apart and it's still a way for me to kind of like I said it's not airing of grievances as much as it is you know, just just airing the whole thing out. Yeah, letting that air and letting everyone see it in a way, kind of helps me put it away. My songs tend to be a little wordy, so I try to I try to cover it all. <laughs> and yeah, I'll cover my own flaws and 
things I'm confused about, I will try to make that clear that I'm not clear on the subject. <laughs> yeah. Neither, so, but. And it's, and in some, well, I was going to say it's cheaper than therapy, but that is not true. Making, making <laughs> records is a it very. It hasn't been. Or even playing shows, it's a very, very expensive form of therapy. It, you know, at least at my level that I'm doing it. So how about we've got enough time for about one more tune. What's, okay. Uh, pick a good one, man. What's this one going to be? This is uh, Before Too Long. It sort of sums things up. Um, and by things, you mean what things? It, uh, this is the last song I wrote um, before the record was done. We had nine, sort of almost in the can. I wanted to throw one more together. Or not throw one together, but I wanted to write a great... <laughs> song and it it sort of sums up the difficulty of making the record uh again metaphorically but um autobiographically metaphorically yes summary of the yes. record making process yep all right alias means here on independence day can't wait to hear this man this is before too long i'm counting down my chances i've been a long time gone Across the great expanses in a beeline towards the dawn My footsteps took me deeper through the dark hypnotic haze I brushed shoulders with the reaper, but we went our separate ways Around the town pavilion and down the blazing street there seemed to be a million faces gazing through the heat I watched them make their choices, each one just like the last As their cookie crumble voices dissolved into the past Instead of being blinded, I chose to be reminded to hang on For too long If I hold strong Some old choir gonna sing my song Building on a passion And doing the right thing Seem to fall right out of fashion When technology is king Integrity is fleeting it's not a rabbit in a hat Dignity and bleeding You can't buy an app for that Instead of being blinded I chose to be reminded To hang on Before too long If I hold strong Some old choir gonna sing my song The eleven wonders open and the seven gables fell I just kept right on hoping there'd be water in that well I knew that I'd been gambling with not much time to think so before I kept on rambling I stopped to take a drink Instead of being blinded, I chose to be reminded to hang on before too long. If I hold strong, some old choir gonna sing my song. Before too long. 
And if that's not a sing-along, I don't know what is, man. That's great. And it's great to see somebody smiling, playing music. It seems so out of vogue. Everybody's got to be so angry or so sad or That one makes me smile. Yeah. No, that's really, really great. I mean, I mean that genuinely. It's wonderful to see somebody, like, singing a song in 2013. Oh, thank you. And smiling at the same time. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a different take on Woe Is Me. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's sad. I mean, I write about sad songs way too much. I write too many sad songs. There's too many sad songs, period. So Alias Means, man, thank you so much for uh, for, for coming down to the studio tonight. And I, I can't wait for everybody to hear this. I can't wait for everybody to hear this record. Light Matter comes out August 27th. There's going to be CD release party at Tex. That's in uh, Echo Park on Sunset Boulevard, right by uh, right by the bright spot, all you hipsters. Yep. <laughs> the White Belt crowd will be there in force. Also, but before that, you're playing Saturday, July 27th. 7.30 p.m. at the uh, L.A. Farmer's Market, 3rd and Fairfax. Go get yourself some, uh, what, what, what's the good thing to get at the Farmer's Market over there? They've got those badass olives, don't they? Ooh, I don't know about the olives. No, they but... do. Check it out. Uh, also, Tuesday, September 10th, 7 p.m., the Songwriter's Serenade at Songwriter's Serenade, excuse me, at Matt Denny's Alehouse. That's in beautiful Arcadia, California. Also, Saturday, September 21st, 10 p.m., at the Cinema Bar, one of my favorite places in town to play, or even to see a band, for that matter. Drop by indepthday.com to see, or, well, to see. Maybe these videos will make it somewhere someday. <laughs> uh, but to listen to the episode and uh, check out, we've got a web exclusive there as well. We're looking forward to that. So, uh, also, Alien aliasmeansmusic.com. Thank you again, sir. Very Thank fun. you, Joe. It has been a pleasure. Very happy to have you. Thanks to Alias Means, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton, and to Valentino Rivera from Lancer Radio. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, as always, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.